friends and welcome today in real life is your boy dj miss my real life on the internet or what anyone can call a real life on the internet i'll be honest things have been weird as of late on the last episode of dj in real life i talked about the end of my time with the red cross there was one thing i did not consider when i talked about that stuff that would be how free i became afterwards let me explain in one way or another whenever i've had stuff to talk about publicly I've had to be extremely mindful of groups I was a part of, including formal groups such as the Red Cross or the Hillary Clinton campaign, or more informal, interest-based groups such as the Browns backers or Indivisible. I've also had to be mindful of various personal and professional relationships where I had to acquiesce in certain circumstances. Yes, acquiesce is an actual word, go look it up, in order to be able to stick around some places, or even survive in certain circumstances. I'm talking more about former co-workers or bosses, of old situational acquaintances, of people who I used to hang out with but don't really keep in contact with anymore, of folks along those lines. I'm not talking about immediate friends or family here, though I do tend to stay mindful of them. Anyway, whenever I've wanted to deep dive into something, I felt the need to be as uncontroversial as possible, or talk about, quote, safe subjects, unquote, that would not create trouble for yours truly. Sometimes waves are created anyway, but I did my best to avoid them at all costs. In other words, I played it safe in order to get by. Honestly, playing it that safe hasn't really gotten me much or helped me move forward in life. It has a little bit, but not much. And as a result, it felt like I wasn't being my authentic self, for lack of a better term, or the best person I could be. I sensed a lot of folks interpreting my holding back or my mindfulness as signs of dishonesty on my part, and they reacted negatively. I would try to overcompensate by talking a lot or over-explaining, and thus just worsen their impressions of me. I left a bad taste in so many people's mouths, it's not funny. And all because I was trying to be considerate or mindful of them, or whatever was going on at the time. It still hurts thinking about that. However, it didn't occur to me until a few days ago that, as of the end of last month, I don't have any real formal ties to groups or folks, outside of immediate friends or family, that I have to be beholden to. I've been in that situation before, but not with the mindset and the dreams and goals I've laid out for myself over the past few years. In that light, this is brand new territory for years truly. I'm not feeling the need to hold back so much. I think that's been evident in some episodes of this show, especially in regards to feelings I've had regarding certain women folk and the harder look into past life events, such as my first relationship and the feelings I had in regards to certain people from the club dance era. Nowadays, without any formal ties, I'm starting to get the urge to deep dive into general and potentially controversial subjects that I never felt I could before. It could blow up in my face. I could lose friends, or lose face, or gain a reputation where I would be automatically ghosted on mention of my name. I have to admit, That's been a nightmare and a reality for me from time to time. Or the exact opposite could happen. I could gain new friends. I could create a new climate that's more beneficial and not just to me. I could create an environment where whenever I mentioned something, it would create a mindful atmosphere or at least things to consider and pause about regarding whatever subject is brought up at any particular time. 
I hope for the latter, but I'm not as afraid of the former as I once was. I'm honestly still afraid of it, but not as much. Age might have something to do with that, but anyway, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, this show is about to get way more interesting, in one way or another, and that is going to start with today's episode. Recently, a friend of mine shared a news item on Facebook that was rather disturbing. It was about a white supremacist couple, one male and one female, and how they led a parade of cars to terrorize an African-American child's birthday party. An actual parade of cars, all shouting racist slurs, all waving Confederate flags, and there was even someone who aimed a shotgun at folks at the party. To say this is a despicable act is an understatement. This couple was arrested and taken to court where, guess what, they cried how sorry they were about it. Honestly, I think they cried because they got caught and actually had to face the consequences of what they did. But anyway, the lady got six years in prison, and the guy got 13 years. I'm just shocked there were other people in this parade that weren't arrested for this. Maybe there were other arrests, but as of this show's airing, I didn't hear of any. In any case, this is another in a long line of escalating and disturbing racist incidents that have rocked the United States to its core. Seeing this kind of white supremacist crap makes me sick. Anyway, one of my friends suggested that since the Confederate flag is a banner used to support a majority of these racist incidents, and even a motivator, that it should be banned, or at least criminalized as a hate crime and a form of terrorism. Whether or not it should be banned, I cannot say. Criminalized? Maybe, but I don't know what laws would cover it. However, I do have a different take on the Confederate flag that I haven't seen elsewhere that might just give people a different way of thinking about it, or it might just get people really pissed off at me for what I'm about to say about it and thus infer about them. When I was a kid, I didn't think much of it. I just saw the Confederate flag as just a decoration on that car from the Dukes of Hazard, the General Lee. I never made the connection to American history and didn't give it a second thought. As I grew up, however, my opinion not only changed, it evolved. I say that because once I learned about the history of the Confederate flag and what it truly represented, and more importantly, how it's being used in the present day, my thinking completely changed. Not just that, but I ended up putting a lot of thought into what it means for those folks who show off that flag in the present day, and how it affects and offends so many. It led to some surprising thoughts and a point of view that I'm surprised no one else has used or taken for themselves yet. Thus, it was an evolution of my opinion. Anyway, something that informed that opinion is the racism towards several of my friends I have personally witnessed in years past. There were three instances I am absolutely certain of where friends of mine were subjected to racial prejudice, and two of those involved police. There were others I was suspicious of, but there were at least three I could personally attest to. Being around that stuff, I get why a lot of folks look at the Confederate flag and disgust these days. It's a physical manifestation of dehumanization. Even though slavery is no longer a part of American society, those wielding it today do so in order to preach a type of superiority with unspoken roots and racial prejudice toward non-white folks. It's an affront to common decency. Now, for those of you who erroneously believe I'm off base regarding that flag, I'm telling you now, I haven't even gotten started yet. Yes, at one time, the Confederate flag was a part of American history. However, I believe that those people who actively embrace that flag, for whatever reasons, usually racist ones, but there might be other reasons too, they have no clue or refuse to see what that history actually is, or what they are truly embracing. Let me say this now. The Confederate flag is absolutely not American by any means. In fact, it was the official representation of a group of particular people in the mid-1800s who called themselves the Confederacy, who wanted to secede from America, from the Union itself. The general idea was to keep slavery around, something the president of the Confederacy himself, Jefferson Davis, claimed as the main reason for seceding from the United States. In other words, they didn't want to stop being dumbass racists or even be Americans anymore. There was a civil war over that, and guess what? Newsflash! The Confederacy lost. 
In losing, it disbanded and thus no longer exists. It's as dead as, quote, Nazi Germany, unquote, is. Yes, Germany is around, but not the Nazi version of it. So, not only do these current flag embracers adopt something that's about as un-American design as you can get, but they embrace the flag of something that no longer exists, that being the Confederacy. So, let's continue with that line of thought for a moment. Since it was the Confederacy that lost, not just the Civil War, but its own existence, it would not be a stretch for anybody to correctly call these flag embracers losers for embracing something that is so un-American that, if they have a problem with that reality, maybe they should leave the country. It's ironic that many of these losers tell others who don't agree with them to do just that, but since they're the ones doing all this un-American crap, maybe they should be the ones to actually do the leaving themselves. In simpler terms, if they don't like it, they can get the hell out. I mean, seriously, why should those of us who live here suffer those delusional fools when it seems obvious they don't really want to be Americans themselves anymore? They could take the racism with them as well. Now, I do want to address one more thing about the Confederate flag, that being it representing the idea of rebellion. In one way, the Confederacy itself was a form of rebellion, against being told what to do, specifically regarding slavery. Because of that, I believe many who adopt that flag do so as a symbol of their own personal rebellion against something or someone. I hear the words government interference come up a lot regarding this. Anyway, something to note about rebellion is that there has to be an understanding of not just what someone is rebelling against, but being mindful of what one is actually embracing when adopting that rebellious stance or group or figurehead. Just because you want to rebel doesn't mean doing so is the right thing to do. Regarding the Confederate flag specifically, it's not just this ultimately skewed idea of rebellion those flag enablers are adopting. They are embracing the extremely racist history behind that flag, as well as the racism of those such as the Ku Klux Klan and several fringe right-wing groups who not only espouse and embrace what this flag stands for, but weaponize it when it's useful to do so. Major aspects of something so controversial cannot be ignored just because it's inconvenient to do so, or it's just easier to take the knocks that come with it in order to keep using it. The knocks are just too great against it. There's a saying that goes, buyer beware. With the Confederate flag, you get the racism and un-American nature and all the other baggage that inherently comes with it. I ask of those who are currently or are thinking of embracing the Confederate flag, is it worth the hefty consequences, not just to your standing with others, but your conscience? That's going to be your cross to bear. I was going to talk more about rebellion itself, but I think I'll leave that to a future show. I believe there's already enough to take in from today's show, so I'll just leave it at that. On that note, it's time to bid you all adieu. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to DJ in Real Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Instagram, and the YouTube channel. You can also connect through social media to the show's Twitter and Facebook pages. DJ in Real Life is produced by Hillbilly Vampire Productions, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Until next time, folks, this is your boy DJ saying take care, God bless, and don't just be a good old boy. Be better. Goodbye, everybody.